Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you for tuning in. Um, We have a very important topic to discuss today that may trigger some people, so there's a little warning. Uh, But just remember, let's uh, keep our our focus on the Lord. 1 Corinthians 2.9, I have it in front of me. It's written, Things which eye has not seen, nor ear has heard, and which have not entered the human heart, all that God has prepared for those who love him. Uh, Father, we uh, give you this hour. Again, we give you this day. We thank you for waking us up and giving us purpose and for putting your Holy Spirit in our hearts. And we ask that your will would be done today on earth as it is in heaven, in our personal lives. And God, um, have mercy on your people, the church in this country. And please save more people through us while we still have time to share the gospel and uh, do the work that you've called us to do. We give you this time in Jesus' name. Um, Encourage our hearts, those that are needing encouragement, and challenge those who need to be challenged. We love you, Lord. Uh, In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thankful to have our guest, Matt Truella, back with us. He's the pastor of Mercy Seat Christian Church in Milwaukee and Missionaries to the Preborn, author of the book, the Doctrine of the Lesser Magistrate. Matt, thank you for coming back on Stand Up for the Truth. Good to be with you again, David. God bless you. God bless you, brother. I was running late this morning because I had to watch your whole sermon from Sunday. I couldn't turn it off. Um, okay. I, I liked the content. I appreciate the passion. And uh, you're trying to hold people accountable. That's uh, something we don't do a lot anymore, at least our, our uh, the lesser magistrates. So before we talk about your new article, it's a simple op-ed called three, Here Are Three Beneficial Results of Interposition by Lesser Magistrates. Um, I did want to talk a little bit about what everyone, almost everyone, is dealing with, and that would be the mask mandates state to state. They can be slightly different, but there's been a lot of debate on this. As you mentioned, I think in one of your recent videos, even the experts, so-called, like uh, Dr. Fauci, who is a globalist. Um, At first, he said masks, you can wear them if you want, but they don't really matter, they don't really help. And then when they found out that the government could control people and put fear into people, that's when they started saying, no, you must wear a mask. So a lot of Christians, Matt, struggle with this. Uh, This is aside from what they're trying to do to our churches and uh, Mm -hmm. control the churches. But for individuals who are listening right now, that are looking at a country they never thought they'd be living in because of what the government, governors, and those in power are doing. Could you please just speak some sense into this uh, subject of mandates and masks and authority? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you know, you mentioned Fauci. That's crazy, right? <laughs> Originally, way yeah. back, you know, last May when masking first started becoming a thing, he just kind of rolled his eyes and said, yeah, you know, you can wear one if you want. It really doesn't do anything. That's what he said. Mm-hmm. And just a few months after that, two months after that, all of a sudden, he's all Mr. Mask. All <laughs> these masks are so important. we got to do these masks. And he's telling everybody to wear a mask now. <laughs> and so now he's gotten to the point where now he's telling everybody to put on two masks. My goodness. In fact, I saw Biden with a picture of Biden yesterday. He has two masks on. And, of wow. course, if you follow our churchmen and what they've been saying, you know, oh, you should put on your mask, and they got their churches playing all this JoJo the Circus Monkey stuff, masking their people up, making them stay six feet apart. Depending on what letter your last name starts with, that's what week you get to come to church. All this idiocy. I suppose they should tell all their people to put on three masks because they do this all on the basis of, quote-unquote, love, David. All right. But, loving loving your so neighbor. If you really yeah. want to be loving, put on three masks. 
So if it, is that kind of like virtue signaling? Could I, if I wore four masks, would I score more points with right. my neighbors or what? Yeah, that's how the churchmen have made it out. And really what it is, it's, you know, this whole thing of um, cowardice. Instead of standing against stuff that's blatantly lacking common sense and the tyranny of the, because the magistrates, what they found here, what the politicians have found is that these white-coated tyrants called health professionals, health experts, health officials, they found them to be a very useful tool to further strengthen the power of the state over our lives. And unfortunately, the churchmen are going along with it. They're aiding and abetting a lie when they teach their Christian people to put on these masks, to do social distancing. And they do it all in this fraudulent thing. It's a fraudulent love. It's not true love. Hmm. That's why I always tell people, when you define love, it has to be defined biblically. Because if you just say love outside what how the Bible defines love, then you can justify anything, even like two men or two women getting married. That's all justified on the ethic of love. You cannot divorce the ethic of love from Scripture. Mm. That's an important point. So the churchmen are lying, teaching their people to lie, but on the mask, you know, like it's doing something when it's doing nothing. Um, one health expert put it this way. They said it's like putting up a chain link fence to keep mosquitoes out. The virus is way too small. It says right on the boxes of the masks themselves that it doesn't stop COVID-19 or other viruses. <laughs> but yet, mm-hmm. everyone's putting on that mask. And then, of course, what they're doing is aiding and abetting the tyranny of the magistrates, mm-hmm. of these politicians who have found this very useful tool in order to transform our lives. And they're really what they're doing, when you follow it through, is aiding and abetting very wealthy men mm-hmm. who actually want to transform not just America, but the entire world. Right. And that's not an exaggeration, as we've been hearing about the Great Reset and the agenda of the globalists. And these are power elites, and they are evil. They want control and power, and they found a way to uh, get into America, and that would be uh, COVID-19. And uh, Matt, for some who are listening right now who may be uncomfortable with what you're sharing or maybe maybe even offended by you saying church leaders in America have gone along with this charade. Um, I'm just paraphrasing what you said. What would you say to those who are not used to hearing this kind of resistance, which I think is necessary at this point? Yeah, well, we've created a form of Christianity which wants to be nicer than Jesus, never offend, wants to be liked by everyone, which is crazy. If you read Hebrews chapter 4, we're bears. You know, we make his law and word known to men, and his word is like a sword. You know, it exposes the heart. And um, so, but yeah, you have created this Christianity that wants to be liked, that doesn't want any confrontation. Like, have you read the book of Acts? You don't want any (laughs) confrontation. But so it's just crazy what we've developed. And so, yeah, that's why they go along with it, and that's why people feel offended when I talk like I do. But if you understand the evil that is behind all this, mm-hmm. there's something wrong with you if you won't speak out against it. Mm. And people have to understand that is why we speak so strongly about this, David, is because it is evil. And it says in the book of Psalms, you who love the Lord hate evil. Mm-hmm. And I see very little hatred of evil amongst Christian people in America these days. And it's because of the form of Christianity they've created that it's that way. And I'll tell you another thing. You know, when it comes to even like Christians are saying, well, I put the mask on when I go into the store because it's a privately owned business. And so I don't, you know, it's their business. They want me to wear a mask. I'm telling you, most of these places, not all of them, but most of them only have the sign on the door because they'll get in trouble from the government if they don't have the sign on the door. Yes. (laughs) Because businesses is regulated and um, licensed and you know, the bureaucracy over them is incredibly far overreaching what government should have over business to begin with. So when you put the mask on, you're not helping the businessman, you know, you're harming the businessman. Mm. 
The truth of the matter is I never wear a mask, ever, haven't since this whole thing began. 99-plus percent of the time, no one says anything to me in any store I'm in. It, not any employee, not any customer, hmm. nobody. And the other times, the few times someone has said something, I either end up in a good conversation <laughs> or a needed confrontation. Mm. You know? So it's like any way you look at it, that's what you should be doing, not wearing the mask, because that helps the businessmen um, so that they're not under the boot of the state regarding all this nonsense that they're requiring them to do. But, P- Pastor Matt, people might look at you as if you don't care about their health if, if you don't wear a mask. Yeah, well, that's only ignorance, <laughs> because if you do a little study, you'll realize, like I said before, the mask doesn't do anything. It even says on the boxes that it doesn't do anything. If you read anything from more than a year ago regarding masking, health professionals and exports basically said masking for the most part, these types of masks that everybody's walking around with, is just to make other people feel good when they're in a medical setting. Yes. <laughs> it's like the whole society is not a medical setting. There is not some great pandemic that's killing people, you know, by the hundreds of thousands and the millions. They've lied about all these um, uh, numbers of deaths. They've lied about the testing. They even admitted last August, even the New York Times put out a story saying that the way they're doing the testing is 90% plus false positives. And now, wow. since Biden got elected, um, the WHO has changed how they do the cycling for the testing so there will be less positives now than there were prior to this. This is all manufactured and that's why people call it a scamdemic. Yep. Because if you put a little time into studying about it, you realize it is. And I saw it for what it was way back last March and spoke against it 11 days after the national emergency came down. Because I know a little something about governments of men, and I know a little something about human nature. <laughs> and you can smell a rat when you mm. see one. Mm. And, you know, people were a little like, well, maybe this is a real deal. I get all that. But after a month or so, you should have figured it out if you did a little research. And now it's been almost a year. The thing that they said, it'll only be for two weeks, (laughs) has now been almost a year. And it just gets worse. Now they want to, you know, swipe your rear end to get a better test than, um, you know, using this thing that goes way up inside your nose. And that's another thing. You do not have to take a test anywhere at any hospital, any doctor. You have to stand your ground and say, no, you're not doing that. They don't have authority to make you do it, nor should you allow them to do it. That's important that people take a stand against this evil that's going on. Because if you, in the name of love, go along with it all, all you're doing is strengthening evil. Mm. You're allowing it, yes, and that's the doctrine of the lesser magistrates. Someone has to interpose. Someone has to stand in the gap. Um, I like the little cards you send out, I believe, from DefyTyrants.com. It says, refusing to wear a mask reminds the state that their authority has limits. Right now, Pastor Matt, I think a lot of uh, these people in authority, I don't think they realize they have many limits because they're not getting the resistance from the people or the lesser magistrates. Could you talk a little bit about the three beneficial results of interposition and what is interposition just to go back to the basics sure interposition is a historic christian doctrine and what it involves is um standing in the gap placing yourself whether verbally or physically in between an oppressor and his intended victim and we have many examples of this throughout scripture like the hebrew midwives interposed on behalf of the male hebrew children they didn't murder them when they were told to murder them. We have other examples. Um, in the New Testament, you have examples where the magistrates actually interposed for Paul and other of the apostles um, when people wanted to harm them. Um, so there's many examples. Um, Jonathan was supposed to be killed by his father, King Saul, because he ate a little bit of honey. The people interposed hmm. and kept Jonathan from being killed. Very important doctrine taught by Christian men since the foundation of Christianity. That's what interposition is. And when it comes to the interposition of the lesser magistrate or the magistrates, what they do is is if one magistrate makes 
and by magistrate we mean government official, whether um, elected or appointed. Um, if one magistrate does evil, it's the duty of the other magistrates to interpose and stop the evil. It's really what America was founded on, mm-hmm. checks and balances. Mm-hmm. They understood this doctrine of lesser magistrate. And so they wanted to have multiple levels of government, multiple branches on each level. So if any one branch began to play the tyrant, or branches began to play the tyrant, some other branches or branch would interpose and try to stop their evil. That's what interposition is. So when it comes to the interposition of the lesser magistrate, when a superior authority does wrong, his duty is not to politicize the evil or to regulate the evil, which is what, you know, our state officials have been doing for years regarding the federal judiciary, regarding the federal government, you know, just the example, the pre-born for, you know, as an example, you know, they, what have they done? They didn't stop the evil mm-hmm. of the pre-born being slaughtered. Rather, they politicized it. They regulate it. And they've passed a host of laws here in Wisconsin. We have nearly 40 of them. Wow. Since Roe v. Wade, there was, it was illegal to murder a pre-born child before Roe v. Wade. Now you don't even need Roe v. Wade. There's so many laws on the books legitimizing the slaughter of the preborn, but thereby the pro-life movement here in Wisconsin. Um, so their duty is not to not to politicize and regulate the evil. Their duty is to stop it. So that's the first great benefit. <laughs> you know, before we get to these three benefits, I want to talk about, or I talked about in my article, um, that it stops the evil. It doesn't politicize or regulate it. And so the first benefit on top of that is, and there's many, but these are three good ones. One is it puts terror in the hearts of the superior authority that's acting wickedly. Um, You know, you have to understand that the superior authorities always count on their lesser authorities to get the evil that they're doing down into the fabric of society. So as the lesser authorities comply with the evil done by the superior authorities, it gets the evil down in the fabric of society. But when the lesser magistrates resist, they revolt against it. They stand in their position against it. They defy it. Um, What ends up happening is it strikes terror in the heart of the tyrant authority, and it forces him, David, out of his lair so that he has to show his fangs. If good men do nothing when evil is done, it affords the tyrant authority the opportunity to just move on to the next plank of his tyranny. Mm-hmm. But yes. if they stand in interposition against it, he has, to, he has to come out of his lair, show his fangs, and then people realize they see him for the tyrant that he is. Mm-hmm. That's extremely important. So that's, that's the first thing. The second thing is, just like you read on that card, it reminds the, the civil authority that is acting tyrannically that their authority has limits. Mm-hmm. Yes. This is crucially important. And um, it's a goodness when people do stand against it and they are reminded of the limits of their authority. Here's a great story I like to use in regard to that. Last May, um, you know, the governor down in Illinois, who's like our governor, has done all this tyrannical stuff for a year. Well, last May, he decided to give a, yet another decree and said that business owners could now be charged as uh, charged with a misdemeanor arrested, charged with a misdemeanor, if they opened their businesses before he said they could. My goodness. Well, one lone county out of all their counties in the whole state over on the shores of the Mississippi River, a little county called Madison County, assembled their county board, and they put out a resolution declaring that their businessmen were free to reopen, and they ended up cautioning within their resolution. They cautioned the governor and the state not to interfere with their businessmen. Well, the governor of Illinois, Pritzker, he responded, you know, in the usual tyrannical fashion, saying, we're cutting off your federal money. And Jeez. that's a whole other story, which yeah. we can talk about regarding my sermon. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, you know, it's, so in all that, well, about it was actually seven days after the county issued their decree that they would not um, uh, obey the governor and that they would allow their businessmen to reopen. Um Seven days later, the state police, the Illinois state police, put out a press release saying they would not obey the governor. Mm. They would not arrest a single businessman, not only in Madison County, 
but in the entire state. They would arrest no businessmen under his latest decree. And the very next day, the very next day after that, Governor Pritzker rescinded his order. That is mm. how important interposition is. Yes. It reminds the tyrant power that their authority has limits. Yes. <laughs> uh, we have to important. take a break, Matt. Uh, thank you um, for that, that sharing a little bit of detail on that. The question is, why don't more individuals, counties push back on some of these mandates and some of this tyranny? But we are also going to talk, we'll finish up this article. We're also going to talk about three convincing proofs that Romans 13 does not teach unlimited obedience to the civil government. More with Pastor Matt Trowella when we come back on Stand Up For The Truth. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. Our guest today, Pastor Matt Truella, and you can find out more about his ministry at DefyTyrants.com. He's the pastor of Mercy Seat Church in Milwaukee, also the founder of the pro-life organization Missionaries to the Preborn. And uh, it's interesting on that note, um, Matt, before we get finish up your article, I just saw something that came over uh, within the last week, I guess. Um, we're talking about Dr. Fauci. Anthony Fauci pledges new administration's commitment to taxpayer-funded abortion at the WHO, the World Health Organization. So it, who's stepping in and standing in the gap for them, um, for the preborn? Uh, not enough people. But that, that was just some disappointing news that's coming out of the, no, the new administration. And it's no surprise that they, I mean, 42 executive orders, if, if that's not tyrannical, and then they, they, they call Trump a dictator when he, right. he did, I think, four, four executive orders in his first week, Biden, 33, and now he's into the 40s. Your quick thoughts on that before we finish up your article? Yeah. Well, I know Fauci also said he feels liberated now that Joe Biden is president. Of course. Liberated. Because he's a tyrant, mm -hmm. so he's free to do more of his evil. Mm -hmm. And now we see he's even casting his evil upon these most helpless ones amongst us, the innocent preborn. Mm -hmm. And uh, it has to be resisted. It has to be stood against. Men no longer have the convenience of being indifferent towards the unjust and immoral actions of their government. And, you know, it's sad to watch the churchmen try to placate Christian people into silence. Mm. Um and I'm telling you, as Christian people, we need to speak up. We need to make our Lord's law, word, and gospel known to men. Amen. And we're going to get to that a little bit when we talk about uh, what you wrote about, about Romans 13, the convincing proofs that it does not teach unlimited obedience to the civil government. But your point, a third point in your article, it's a very quick op-ed, uh, three beneficial results of interposition by lesser magistrates. The third point is simply uh, interposition can abate the just judgment of God. Could you explain that, please? Sure. Yeah, um, it does. <laughs> like <laughs> If you look at Ezekiel chapter 22, um, from first, verses 27 to the end, Ezekiel 22, 27 to the end, you'll see there that God is talking about the state of civil government, the state of church government, even the state of the people and family government. And they're all a mess. Sounds very similar to America today, I know. Hmm. And then he says that he searched for a man to stand in the gap and to build a wall to stop the evil. Hmm. But I found no one, wow. he said. And so then he had to bring his righteous judgment upon the land, he says. That's how important the interposition of a lesser magistrate is in the earth. If he stands against the evil that the superior authority is doing, interposes against it, it can actually abate the just judgment of God upon a nation. Does that mean delay it? It could mean delay it. It could also mean stop it completely. Because, hmm. um, yeah, we've seen places where the people, um, where we have seen in the Scripture, oh, forget the name of the king, um, Ahab was wicked, and one of his sons did right. God delayed the judgment. Two generations later, he pours out his judgment specifically because of what that King Ahab had done two centuries, two generations earlier. Wow. So yeah, it can delay it, or it can stop it permanently. 
Wow, that two centuries earlier. That, that's encouraging to us. I mean, <laughs> in this generation, the evil and the wickedness that we have allowed in this land. So I will put a link to that article. Very short, very helpful, and to the point. I'll put that in the podcast notes at standupforthetruth.com. Uh, we also wanted to touch on Romans 13, and here's where the church comes in. Uh, and we don't mean all pastors, all church leaders, because some did resist, some did uh, defy the uh, orders, and they did open up their churches within uh, two weeks to a month. And now we're looking at it's like they keep moving the goalposts. It's been a year almost. Um, so, Matt, you you hold out or you write about three convincing proofs that Romans 13 does not teach unlimited obedience. I think the average Christian wants to understand this better so they can communicate that either with their pastor or at their church with other believers. Yeah. Well, your point about the pastors, it's not all pastors. That's mm-hmm. a good point, and it needs to be made. And I think it was Pew did a study regarding all of this and found that about 5% of churches across America um, did not go along with all this stuff mm-hmm. and have stood against it wow. all along the way, wow. about 5%. Um, Romans 13, I have seen be used over and over again, David, regarding why we should comply with the masking. And I did a sermon about this called uh, Response to State-Mandated Masking. And um, it got over 20,000 views just on YouTube, Mm -hmm. you know, um, because it needs to be responded to. This whole masking thing, but what they were using was Romans 13. We should wear the mask, Romans 13. Social distance, Romans 13. I said, you know what we're going to end up here with is when you read their arguments, we're going to have the same thing regarding forced vaccinations Mm -hmm. or when the vaccination comes out. Romans 13, you should get the vaccination. The authorities are encouraging you to get it or they're demanding you get it. Um, Yeah, Romans 13. And the first week that vaccine came out, the Gospel Coalition actually put out an article telling everyone to get the vaccine based on Romans 13. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so this matter of Romans 13 is is big, and the churchmen are misinterpreting it when they say we are always to obey the civil authorities. That is not true. Just look at the text itself, Romans 13, 1 through 7. Nowhere does it say we're always to obey. Rather, men impose that on the text. It's what's called eisegesis. Eis is the Greek word means into. I had three years Greek. And so you're reading into Scripture something that isn't there. Mm. In fact, there isn't one verse in all the Bible that says we're always to obey. In fact, um, and this is the second point, when you read the whole of God's Word um, and apply proper hermeneutics, um, such a conclusion that we're always to obey the civil authorities is impossible to come to. Why? Because when you read the whole of God's Word, you see many places where the people of God don't obey the civil authorities, and God commends them for not obeying the civil authorities. Mm -hmm. Um, And proper hermeneutics, David, is, you know, Scripture interprets Scripture. Scripture with a big S interprets Scripture with a small s. So in other words, when you're looking at a particular verse, Scripture with a small s, you have to look at it in light of the whole of God's Word, Scripture with a big S. And when you look at the whole of God's Word, you see so many places, again, where God does not, uh, where the people of God do not obey the civil authorities, and God commends them for it. You know, like Daniel, not uh, Daniel praying, even though he was told by the civil authorities not to. The Hebrew midwives, even though they were told, um, you know, to kill the Hebrew children, male Hebrew children. They didn't. Um, The apostles being told they couldn't preach, they preached anyway. Um, So many examples. So that's proper hermeneutic. Um, Even Paul, who wrote um, Romans 13, penned it, um, he in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 talks about how he knew the governor wanted to arrest him, and instead of, you know, submitting and allowing himself to be taken, he actually craftily fled in a basket down the side of the wall to escape arrest. Mm-hmm. So this yes. whole idea that we're always to submit, always to obey, is absolute ludicrousness when you read the Word of God. Yet it's what the vast majority of churchmen teach, or they teach this. We're always to obey unless um, they tell us we can't preach the gospel. Well, that's true. We shouldn't obey if they, teach, if they tell us we can't preach the gospel. Acts 5.29 makes that clear. Mm-hmm. 
But that isn't the only times that we see the people of God not obeying. Like I said, the Hebrew midwives, Daniel, many other examples in Scripture where the people of God didn't obey. And that's why the standard has not been always obey unless they tell you you can't preach the gospel. The standard down through Christian history, David, has been this. When the state commands that which God forbids or forbids that which God commands, we are to obey God rather than man. We are to obey God rather than the state. That's the standard that Christian men have held to. So, Matt, what what do you say to someone who might respond and um, use the health exemption, so to speak, the health issue? Hey, but b- wait a minute. This is an issue of people's health and a virus spreading. That's different, a different context. How do you respond to that? Well, first off, you have to understand that the state has limits. God has established four great governments, family government, church government, civil government, all those are meant to produce within the individual what's known as self-government. Each of those four great governments have their own role, function, and limits. We live in a statist hell now hmm. called America, where everyone believes the state can do whatever it wants and anything it wants, and it's doing it. Pretty much. <laughs> so, pretty much. And so when we look at God's Word, He doesn't quarantine when there's plagues in the land. He doesn't quarantine the whole of society. He quarantines the sick. That's who he quarantines. So this is a violation of God's law when they want to lock us all up, separate us, isolate us, make us wear these dopey masks and all this other social Jojo, the circus monkeys, distancing stuff and all that. It's ridiculous. Their authority needs to, they need to be reminded their authority has limits. People should not go along with it. Also, it's all based on a lie. The numbers of deaths, the numbers of positive cases, um, the severity of the um, pandemic, everything, when you look into it, has been built on a mountain of lies. So you're actually violating the the law of God regarding bearing false witness. You want to wear the mask, you want to go along, you are bearing false witness. You are telling people, yes, I agree with this lie. I'm like, yeah, the emperor has beautiful clothes on. That's what you're saying, even though he's standing there in his underwear. And you're also aiding and abetting tyrants so that they can get away with their evil. And uh, we're coming out with a video, David, by the way, at our YouTube channel probably today, um, where we're dealing with the impact of all this masking and nonsense that's going on on children. And it's just going to be a little three-and-a-half-minute video. It's going to be powerful. Mm. I've already seen it. We put it together. Um, our, the guy who does our video work just put it together yesterday. It is powerful. So, like, if people go to YouTube later today and um, punch in our channel, Defy Tyrants, they'll be able to see that. Defy this tyrants. is important, important stuff. Okay, before we get to uh, the Wisconsin issue and what's happening here, uh, by the way, subscribe to Defy Tyrants on YouTube. Um, we, Matt, we just don't seem to have it in our DNA to resist in this generation or in America today. Even the simplest thing of just saying, no, I am not going to be forced to wear something on my body, on my face, to cover up the image of God. I am not going to do that. We don't have it in our DNA to resist. We want to always comply. That's, this is a hard uh, thing to change, isn't it? It is. And that really is the greater evil. Um, like, you know, the churchmen say, well, if we allow anyone to not obey one little thing, where does it stop? And I'm always looking at and say, where does the compliance end? <laughs> you mm. know, it's like, you know, it can be evil to comply. It can be sinful to comply. Mm. And so, yeah, it's been lost on so many people. And I think the churchmen, and I am a churchman, that's why I'm highly critical of churchmen, as you know, because they've taught people wrong thinking regarding these things. It has been the history of Christianity to stand against the evil of the state, David. That is a historical fact. Yes. Um, it's a biblical fact that, you know, the Christians had a huge impact upon the magistrates. The very first mag- first person converted to Christ on um, Paul's first missionary journey was a magistrate. <laughs> so, hmm. And he spent the last five years of his life around all kinds of magistrates, from high authorities to lowly, you know, policemen, guard-type soldiers, you know, so, and, you know, he made Christ known to them and his ways to them. Mm. And um, so the, the church is, when the church stands in interposition against the evil of the state, out of our fealty and love for Christ, we're actually acting in obedience to Christ 
and disobedience of the state when the mm-hmm. state makes decrees contrary to God's law or way. Um, it's extremely important that we understand that that has a very beneficial effect um, for everyone involved. For the tyrant authority, it reminds them that their authority has limits. They have an opportunity to recover themselves, to repent, to get right with God. Um, for society, it stops or blunts the evil so that um, liberty is preserved within a nation. Because truly, Christianity brings liberty not only to individuals regarding their sin, it also brings liberty to nations regarding the law and word of God and governing in a proper fashion. Hey, Pastor Matt, we only have a couple minutes left in this segment, so we, let's talk about the Wisconsin Republican Assembly that you say are putting money before freedom. Could you bring us up to speed on that? It's a letter that you sent out recently. Yeah, in fact, I preached a sermon this last Sunday, and I really encourage people, if you want to get on our email um, list, which is growing hugely, um, just go to our website, defytyrants.com, and subscribe, and we will send you the emails keeping you up to date with things that are going on around Wisconsin and around the nation and teaching the doctrine of lesser magistrate. Um, but also, I preached a sermon this past Sunday, and it's at YouTube if you go to Matt Truella, which I don't know if you'll know how to spell that name. But anyway, um, Matt Truella, go to our channel, Matt Truella, and you can listen to last Sunday's sermon where I address the history of Christianity and medical care matters. It's and I also address um, the function of government and bring out some very important matters, including this matter of how our Wisconsin Assembly has decided not to stop Evers evil, which they haven't done since last March, mm-hmm. and now they've done it again, this time on the basis of saying we'll lose millions of dollars from the federal government. In other words, they've put money before principle, and what they don't seem to understand is, which I always teach my kids, with the shekels come the shackles. When the government wants to give you money, and they get this money, only if they tyrannize Wisconsinites, David. That's mm. an important point. They get the money if they tyrannize us. If they don't tyrannize us, they don't get the money. And the Wisconsin Republican Assembly seems to not understand how important it is that they just say, no, this is evil, and they protect our liberty, our freedom, uphold our state constitution, uphold what men fought, blood, and died to establish. We shouldn't be glibly giving away our freedoms that men fought, blood, and died for us to possess. That would be wicked. So it's extremely important that people understand that since the beginning, the uh, Wisconsin legislature, which is overwhelmingly Republican, according to 323.10, our statute here in the state of Wisconsin, they could have stopped Evers since the very beginning. They don't have to wait 60 days. That's a lie. They keep telling people, Mm. read the statute yourself. They can stop it immediately. We would never give one man unchecked power like that for 60 days ever in this form of government that was established in this country and in this state. And so here now they're telling us they're not going to do it because we're going to lose all this money. Bottom line is this, and I don't have time, we don't have time to explain it all, is Robin Voss wants to become the tyrant and replace Tony Evers as the tyrant. He wants to make sure AB1, which everybody thinks is a great bill, but it is not because it aids and abets all the evil of this whole COVID-19 thing. He wants that passed before he'll consider SJ3, which would stop Tony Evers' evil, only because then he would, because now the legislature assumes the role of the tyrant and puts $100 million into all this evil and does all kinds of things um, that aren't right to legitimize this whole COVID scamdemic that has gone on forever. They are not leaders. They have a duty to be leaders and tell people what they need to hear, not just tell people what they want to hear and be cajoled by the media and be cajoled by a federal government. Their duty is interposition in this situation. So that's what I talked about in that sermon um, this past Sunday. And that's on the Matt Truella YouTube. That's T-R-E-W-H-E-L-L-A. DefyTyrants.com. Matt, thank you for your time today. We appreciate you speaking some truth and clarity and all that's going on, and thank you for your voice. We will keep in touch and have you on again, God willing. Thank you, David. God bless you. God bless you. When we come back, uh, a little bit more on this topic on Stand Up For The Truth. 
thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. I just want to quote Benjamin Franklin, who once said, um, those who would give up essential liberty to purchase a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. Um, It's what is going on right now in this country. And for whatever motives and reasons, we have to be aware that the enemy will use it for evil. And God uh, promises believers, Romans 8, 28, that uh, he will cause all things to work together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purposes. But that doesn't mean we do and say nothing, Christian. I'm look, just looking at the, the missionaries to the preborn, which uh, Pastor Matt Truella founded. And January 22nd, we just passed that anniversary, 48 years of this bloodshed, uh, the legalization of Roe v. Wade. 48 years. In two years, it'll be a 50-year anniversary that the slaughter of the unborn has been allowed, and in our current culture, it is being promoted. That is one of the clearest reflections of our heart for God and the immorality that is decaying our culture. Back to one point that um, Pastor Matt wrote about that we didn't talk about, just a little description on the uh, interposition by lesser magistrates. He said, uh, magistrates are all those who possess public office, election, or appointment— The authority all magistrates possess is delegated to them by God. Now, this is under the biblical worldview. We believe God ordains order. He ordains civil government. Therefore, they have a duty to govern according to his rule. He says this, They are not to make law, policy, or court opinion that is contrary to his law or his word. They are not to exceed the limits of civil government as revealed by Scripture. And I know you're thinking, wow, look at America and what we have allowed. And we is right because we can't just blame everything on our government, nor can we blame it on our church leaders. Um, Anyway, move on to this article that I was going to get to last week, and I even talked about it but we didn't talk about the details. It's very simple, 12 ways to destroy a society. Very simple points. Um, And this is by L. Todd Wood. If I want to destroy an enemy society and had long-term focus, wanted to do it stealthily and effectively to make the society destroy itself and the ability to defend itself, I would do the following. Number one, I would destroy the religious ideals that built the country and held it together. Hmm. In short, he said, I would destroy Christianity in the West. Number two, I would destroy the family, the fabric of society. I would tear apart the nuclear family that produced stable children, future contributors to the nation's wealth and power. I would promote a gay agenda, one that targeted fertility, and the subsequent lowering of the birth rate. I would make children not know what gender they are. I would confuse them. I would destroy the centuries-old family unit that produced generations of Americans that became the most powerful nation on earth. A society that does not reproduce is a dying society. And I don't know if you've checked those figures Uh, recently, but it seems like every year Americans are having less and less children, and um, that's going to affect our future. Number three, I would promote the concept of toxic masculinity and extremist feminism. What does he mean by that? What better way to make the society less masculine, less able to field a strong military? I would push to have as many women as possible in the armed forces. I would push to put women in frontline infantry units. I would make the military conduct 
societal, I'm sorry, I would make the military conduct societal experiments rather than focus on fielding the strongest armed forces possible, the most lethal, the most dangerous. I would make officers in training wear high heels to feel what it was like to be a woman. In short, I would feminize the male population, making it less effective in battle and in culture. Number four, I would destroy the education system. I would plant Marxist professors throughout the university system. And I'm going to say right here, check. <laughs> that happened, uh, gosh, 75 years ago or more. Teaching new generations nothing about true American history, but filling their heads full of communist propaganda. And if you don't believe, if you think that's an exaggeration, do a search if it's still available. Go to DuckDuckGo, the search engine, and search for communist goals. They're either 1958 or 1960, I think it was 1963, 1958, right around there. So Marxist professors throughout the university says, teaching generations nothing about American history, they would know nothing of Washington, Lincoln, or Jefferson, but they would know a lot about Malcolm X, Lenin, and Stalin. Number five in uh, how to destroy a society, I would divide the races. What better way, what better method of dividing and conquering than to foster a race war? Filling minorities' heads are full of lies and po of police brutality. Let me parenthetically insert here. He's not saying it never happens when police get out of hand. He's not saying that. But if you can exaggerate that and not use the actual numbers and the percentages and the actual data, then you can fill people with a lot of lies that they will believe and they will act accordingly. And he also says develop a culture of hate towards law enforcement. Check. Look what we saw last year. Number six, I would corrupt the federal government. I would fill the intelligence and security services with traitors to the nation's founding. When any political figure arose with, uh, which threatened my diabolical agenda, I would use these corrupt agencies to target and frame any rising star who loved America, even if he was duly elected. Number seven, I would take away the population's means to defend itself, meaning I would take away their guns. The fear of an armed population would stop any invasion. I would get rid of this problem. Number eight, I would destroy self-reliance and ingenuity by making over half of the population dependent on the government, unable to take care of themselves. Number nine, I would use big tech to completely remove any viewpoints or ideas that were associated with the, quote, old America. I would ban them from the Internet. Heck, I'd take over the Internet. I would work with other tyrannical powers to develop Internet censorship to eventually prevent any opposing views to be heard by anyone. Number 10, I would corrupt the nation's leadership with money, finding those who would sell out the country for pieces of silver. I'd make sure they were strategically placed in powerful positions. I'd shell out money throughout the legislature to make sure no laws were passed that opposed my agenda. Number 11, I would promote the disrespect of the nation's symbols. I would have people kneel during the national anthem to protest it, burn the American flag, tear down statues of the nation's history. I would make people hate the very fabric of the nation that gave them such wealth and power and freedom. And the last one, number 12, I would find a straw man a country who is also a malicious adversary to America, though much less powerful, and I would focus all the negative energy and recriminations towards this straw man country. In this manner, the targeted nation would be ignorant of my true intentions. The regime that would promote all of this change in the targeted country would be the largest communist regime in the world. It would have a 100-year plan to destroy the, its enemies and become the dominant force on the planet. I would have millions of its own citizens in concentration camps. It would force abortions on women and the sterilization of those it didn't want to reproduce within its own borders. Many of its workers would live as slaves and a life of no meaning. In its factories, 
would have suicide nets around its roofs to prevent these workers from killing themselves in despair. This nation would kill tens of thousands of its own citizens who dared stand up for a freedom or a future of freedom. Everything I have written above is happening right now in front of our eyes. I'll give you a hint. It's not Russia. It's sobering to hear this um, because it, it's... And Ben Shapiro wrote a book too, by the way. I think it's uh, uh, three, three Ways to Destroy America or How to Destroy America in Three Ways or something like that. But this is an article, uh, How to Destroy Society, General Principles. And the, there are 12 that we just read. And I'm sure there are more. You could come up with more. You have different ideas on this. But the point is this. We have to stop always thinking the best of people when we know the heart of man is evil, wicked, sick, beyond cure, the Bible says in Jeremiah 17. And we have to recognize that evil men, evildoers, will use any means at their disposal to advance these evil agendas, just like Pastor Matt was talking about. And so when they do pass these agendas, laws, ordinances, restrictions, whatever that might be, we know there's a chance that by compliance that will just lead to more different restrictions or extending the mandates, ordinances, restrictions. And churches have to be careful of this because it's going to come knocking on our doors Um, We have an administration in power that is hostile to the Christian religion, to the Christian faith, and to individual believers in Christ, in freedom. So, friends, we've got a battle to fight, and we are just, (laughs) we're hanging on by a thread, but we've got to recruit more fighters. So keep fighting the good fight of faith. Remember that we need to continue to encourage our brothers and sisters to fight with us. More on Stand Up For The Truth when we come back. Stand Up For The Truth, a ministry of Lakeshore Communications Incorporated. Keep the discussion going on social media. Stand Up WI on Facebook and Twitter. Now we wrap up today's Stand Up For The Truth. So I want to just encourage you guys, we can get into some heavy topics on this um, podcast. It is called Stand Up For The Truth. If I wasn't sharing this with you, um, I don't know, um, maybe we could think about fluffier, rosier Things, but I think we need to look at it through clear lenses and not rose-colored glasses when we look at what's happening in our country or we are going to lose it. And you know I'm not exaggerating. Um, I'm excited. Uh, tomorrow you will hear a replay broadcast. It is Replay Wednesday. We will not have a new podcast tomorrow. It will. You will hear from Dr. Andy Woods, uh, one of our best from the last couple months with him. Um, also, Thursday, we are so looking forward to having another troublemaker, Heidi St. John, the busy mom, will be back with us on Thursday, God willing. And on Friday, in studio, Pastor Chris Quintana, who will be in town from Texas. He's got some stories to tell and uh, never one to hold back on his uh, commentary and opinions. So I'm just blessed by the guests. They strengthen my spine, uh, stiffen my spine, so to speak, when I hear from these men and women of God. And we need to be uh, remembering to lift up our leaders to stand against evil, against tyranny, and uh, to do our jobs as believers in Christ in this culture as salt and light. Thanks again for listening. God bless you. And as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.